from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for CUNA News. This week's guest is Adam Engelman, CUNA's Director of Federal Grassroots and Programs. Engelman works on the organization's Membership Activation Program, known as MAP for short. MAP allows credit unions to engage their members in credit union advocacy via email. Engelman has also been pivotal in launching CUNA's advocacy training for young professionals. Prior to joining CUNA, Engelman, who is a graduate of the University of Minnesota, interned on local and national political campaigns and worked as a research and data analyst for the Atlas Project, a firm which analyzed voter and elections data. I caught up with Engelman in mid-August to discuss CUNA's grassroots advocacy priorities. A big item on CUNA's agenda right now in advocacy is around the issue of data breaches. Why has that risen as an av- a big advocacy issue for CUNA right now? Um, the reason that data breaches has consistently been an issue that is really important to a lot of credit unions over the past few years. We conduct a number of surveys to, to see what issues are, are the most pressing and dire to credit unions. And many of these issues would be familiar to most. You know, obviously, taxation always is an issue. Regulatory burden, which is something that actually um, was our last MAP member activation campaign. And we were quite successful uh, with that campaign in the sense that we got that regulatory relief bill passed and signed into law by President Trump. Um, was quite the victory. What, why we're currently doing data breaches is we figure that. Um, I guess as far as the, the the last campaign with campaign for common sense regulation, we we like to explain to that to folks that it was really a marathon and not a sprint, and we kind of envision the same type of battle here with data breaches. And, and data breaches is obviously an extremely complex issue. You have a lot of different players. Uh, you have the merchants who are obviously a, a powerhouse. Um, you have a lot of other industries that are obviously um, it, really into this battle as well. So the reason that we decided to do, make Data Breach the current MAP campaign is we really just wanted to start to slowly educate credit unions to get them well-versed on the issue. But actually, it's an issue that most are already well-versed on because so many credit unions have had to reissue cards. They might have had to hire additional staffers on their call centers to, to, you know, obviously members are calling in and inquiring about what exactly exactly happened. And because of the way it's regulated, a lot of times credit unions can't really inform their members of where exactly a breach might have occurred. We really just want to start educating credit union members about how we're limited in our sense that we can't, there's only so much that credit unions can do and that we really want to have legislation that requires stricter laws and regulations for the merchants and others. Uh, So we're using this campaign for an opportunity for credit unions really to explain to their members how their hands are held uh, in certain situations. And we want this opportunity to not only educate members, but then have them have the opportunity to reach out to their members of Congress and contact them and and encourage them to work on this and and come to some kind of compromise. And obviously with it it only being the end of the the year, 
uh, Congress is coming to an end. Um, but we're hoping that we're kind of laying the groundwork and educating them now that with the new Congress, this is something that we can put to the forefront and to the top of their minds and is definitely an issue that we think should be, um, should be at the forefront. You brought up the, the MAP program. I want to talk a little bit about the specifics of that in just a minute. But why is it important for CUNA to be reaching out to credit union members specifically to help in the data breach advocacy work? Why, why not just stick with credit union leaders that maybe know the, the issue inside and out? Well, over the past few years, I really think that we have enhanced our grassroots advocacy efforts in the sense that we really have been making the argument for a 360-degree type of advocacy that we're advocating at all different levels and, and looking at all different avenues and paths in order to, to make the good, good fight on behalf of credit unions, whether that be you know sending lobbyists to Capitol Hill and making um, those relation, building those relationships with members of Congress and their respective staffs, whether that be our compliance folks meeting with the uh, NCUA and CFPB to make sure that we're looking at those avenues and litigation if necessary. In my role as director of federal grassroots, I'm trying to look at different ways that we can utilize grassroots to our benefits and make sure that we're laying the groundwork to aid all these different efforts. And in this particular uh, situation, that's where the member activation program over the last few years has really grown and prospered. Uh, when I took over MAP, I guess it was about three or four years ago, we, we basically had two credit unions, uh, Community America and University, that agreed to be our guinea pigs that took part in our research uh, during the Don't Tax My Credit Union campaign. And since then, uh, because of the, the best practices and research that we garnered uh, during that campaign, we decided to make it a full-fledged program. And from there, every year, we've just garnered more and more support from credit unions throughout the country. Uh, we now, MAP credit unions now number over 600 uh, throughout the country. Uh, the program has really prospered. If, if, and I actually have done the calculations. If you look at the membership for all the credit unions that are enrolled in MAP, uh, you, you, you're basically at about 35 million credit union members throughout the country. And that's, that's a pretty big number, 35 million. Now, I'm not, I'm not contending that tomorrow that we're going to get all, you know, 600 credit unions go out on any one campaign. But if we can even tap into a certain percentage of that, we really can just become a, a grassroots powerhouse that this city hasn't seen in a very long time. So with this most recent campaign, we're really just looking for MAP credit unions to go out to their, to their members and educate them about data breaches. And I really do think that with this particular issue and the fact that so many of our credit unions, unfortunately, throughout the country have had to reissue cards and have had to explain to members what's going on, that this, this campaign is just a natural fit that really hits home with so many credit unions. And I think that, that they'll be inclined to go out on this campaign. For credit union leaders who are interested or curious, uh, want to know more, what, what's kind of the, the quick uh, nuts and bolts of, of how this program works uh, with individual credit unions? So the first step is signing up uh, for the member activation program, and that's something that can be done on the CUNA website, uh, www.cuna.org slash MAP, M-A-P. And once they're there, they can sign up their credit union and they're automatically enrolled on an email um, list. Once the credit union has signed up for MAP, 
we provide uh, email templates that we ask that them we ask them to send out to their members. Now, having said that, they any MAP credit union can go and look at that template, and they can edit it and alter as they see fit. At the end of the day, each each credit union knows their members better than anyone else. They're the experts. So they can look at that language and tailor it to whatever they think will get the best response rate uh, or resonate the most with their membership. Uh, so we ask that they alter it and edit it and then send it out to their members to educate them about the issue. And then we just ask that they, that, that they report back. Uh, we like to uh, assess the res- um, success of a campaign and that allows us to, to gauge how things are going and make the appropriate changes. So I guess to, to just to go over, at, go over the different steps, it's really just enrolling in MAP, uh, getting the content, um, reviewing it, uh, and then going out to your members. Um, you, credit unions, they're the ones sending out these emails. CUNA uh, is not involved at all. It's, it's solely up to uh, the credit union to send that out, and then we just ask you to report back. What's kind of the sales pitch to get credit unions lined up with the program? Because I, I think some might be leery of bothering their members. That is the number one question I always get is there's a lot of hesitation. Uh, and and I, will we get pushback from our members for going out to them? And I always say that we found out that members do want to hear from us on these issues. They want to hear, especially on issues that might impact their wallets. Uh, and impa- impact them directly. Um, to date, we've had about 150 credit unions go out directly to their members and sending emails. And of those 150, not one, not one credit union has come back to me and indicated that they regret going out to their members. Uh, it just hasn't happened. It hasn't borne out the results. I, I can can I comprehend why a credit union would want to be hesitant to touch anything that might be political. But at the end of the day, these are really important issues to, to credit union members. And it impacts them directly. And I think that, and, not, and I'm not trying to suggest that you might not get a few members that have questions or uh, get a little upset. But the unsubscribe rates have been so minimal. It's really just been quite a fascinating to be a part of part of this program so far and, and see the results and, and hear back from credit unions. And we're, we're constantly making it better. Another thing you have coming up is CUNA's Young Professional Advocacy Training uh, in September. Last year was the first year of that program. How and why did this program get rolling in the first place? So that's a really good question. It's actually a pretty cool story. So last year at our Government Affairs Conference, or GAC, which many know is our annual fly-in once a year where we have about four to 5,000 credit union professionals come to Washington, D.C. for a few days. We always have some great speakers. There's great educational networking opportunities. And I was actually approached at the conclusion or one of the last events, uh, by a group of young professionals from New York. They approached me and asked and inquired that we had CUNA and the leagues ever contemplated or thought about doing any types of advocacy trainings. 
And you know, I had responded and said, yeah, it's crossed our mind. It's never really materialized into anything, but it's, it's definitely something that's on the horizon. We do have some kind, we do have some online advocacy videos that probably haven't been updated in quite a while. But no, this group of young professionals, and I would say there were about, you know, half a dozen or so from the, the New York Young Professionals Committee that they just got all excited. They said, well, if you, if CUNA and the, and the, uh, the New York Association can put something together, we can guarantee that we bring quite a few young professionals to Washington, D.C. to get this advocacy training. The, these young professionals are the future of the credit union movement. And it's really important to instill early on that advocacy is a vital role to being a credit union professional and, and to, to working on behalf of the movement. So yeah, so we kind of, we started going from there and, you know, I wasn't quite sure what the heck I was doing, but um, I worked within CUNA and reached out to the appropriate staffers here and, and folks and that do more of, more of our trainings and, you know, just started working on it and over, I oversaw the committee and tried to have, I think I had a person from almost every single department at CUNA. Uh, we, we worked with the New York League. And then I continue to work with the, the, the group of young professionals and keep them in the loop. And from there, we were able to plan something. And this, uh, the, the training then occurred last September. Uh, the dates escaped me. I think it was probably in mid-September sometime. But no, it ended up that we, and you know, we were a little nervous. This is, what was, we were just trying it out. It was a pilot program. We weren't quite sure what the response rate would be. But we ended up getting um, close to 50 individuals, 50 individuals from all over co- the country that were willing to take time out and they, they were able to get approval from their superiors to come to Washington, D.C. and get some, and, and get some training. A lot of these YPs that I interact with, they're, they're really engaged with their credit unions. They're just starting off. But we're trying to explain to them that like, adv- advocacy is an important aspect of their job. And, and a lot of times it can be fun, too. You know, was there a moment or a story from last year that kind of made you, th- you know, stop and think, yes, this was a really good idea? Several YPs that had attended the training, you know, came up to me at the GAC after their, their Hill visits and just told me that they had felt so much more confident that, you know, they might have been there with their superior or credit union CEO who you know, might not as be well-versed on advocacy and they asked their YP to actually speak on behalf of the credit union and share their story. And I think that's kind of when the light bulb went on in my head. Like, this is, we're doing exactly what we need to be doing. These are, these are the people that are potentially could be in the movement for the next 30 to 40 years. We need them to start building these relationships and, and know their members of Congress now because it will, it will only help the movement and it will also help them in their own, their own respective careers. So yeah, that was definitely a, an eye-opening or a light bulb moment, I guess you could say. Prior to working at CUNA, you worked on local and national election campaigns. Are there lessons that you take from those experiences that you use in your, your job now or in, in talking to some of these young professionals that you encounter? That's a really good question. Um, I've, been in, I've always been into politics and things for as long as I can remember. You know, most kids coming home from school probably watch very different shows than I did. I found myself coming home and watching it. CNN's Inside Politics was my go-to. Uh, don't ask me why, but I just put it on the TV the one day and I was very intrigued. And elections in general. 
But I, I just started off by my, I asked my parents to go to a school board meeting and they kind of scratched their head and like, uh, sure, if you really want to go to a school board meeting, I guess we can take you. So yeah, from there, I kind of knew from an early age that I was very, I was just really into to politics and government and striving to, you know, help people and, and improve their lives. So I'd gotten very involved in student government. And from there, I knew from an early age that I wanted to study political science and then got very involved in different campaigns, uh, was active and did a lot of volunteer work and GOTV work for John Kerry's campaign back in, in 2004. Uh, I worked for the Senate Majority Leader out in Minnesota for a time and interned for a city council member. And um, I was also doing research on um, housing issues at the time. So I kept very busy in college, but doing different internship opportunities. And I was, for I was fortunate enough to come to Washington, D.C. Um, I guess it was maybe the spring semester of my junior year where I came to Washington, D.C. and lived by the Capitol. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. I lived, there was a program in D.C. called WISH, Washington Intern Student Housing, where um, it's basically these townhouses that uh, this family bought. They're, they basically rent them out to the max to, to put all these interns in there. So I lived in a townhouse with 12 other interns, uh, which was something I'll never forget. But uh, I'll never also never live in that part of the city again. It's very expensive. But uh, I was able to live there and uh, and work full time about four, I guess, well, probably fifty hours a week or so for a member of Congress that is no longer there. Uh, his name was Tim Holden. He was a blue dog, blue dog, which there aren't very many left. So I worked for him and did uh, as an intern and as a house intern. I was actually really fortunate in the sense that I got to. I was the only full time intern, so I got to do a little bit of everything. Got to do. You know, everything from writing policy papers to answering the phones to I used to give tours of the Capitol. Um, once I graduated college, which was in 2008, I initially worked at a consulting firm uh, called the Atlas Project, where we did data analytics on voting patterns and, and, t and voting turnout and what type of turnout you needed to, uh, to make certain parties win and so forth. But yeah, so I started to learn about that. So I am. Um, did that for a few years before I came to CUNA. And then, yeah, I've been at CUNA then for the last eight, eight years now, I think. It, time flies. You were one of those people uh, seemingly idealistic or interested in politics at a young age. And then you're working with a lot of these young professionals now that are interested in politics. It must be nice to kind of find some, some kinship with uh, other people in the credit union movement. It, it really is. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by these young professionals. Um, they have so much energy, and they're they're very passionate. You know, these are folks that are on the ground. They're working in the branches. They're interacting with the members on a daily basis. They're just very passionate. Uh, one of my favorite parts of my job, I'll say, is I love traveling, and I love speaking to credit union groups because people are just so passionate. They they love their communities. They're trying to give back. They enjoy, most of the times they enjoy working at their credit unions because the credit unions are usually a good sense of community. Usually, it's a an environment that where friend where folks are friendly and they're they're you know they're all trying to do their jobs. They all, they don't take themselves too seriously. They realize it's a financial institution, but um, but no, I mean they do a good job and they do a good job of giving back to their communities. And I think that's why you see as the, the data supports that credit unions continue to prosper and they, we continue to, to slowly grow throughout the country. 
not all not all these you know young professionals are very well versed on advocacy but they're very well versed on their members they're very well versed on their credit union and they're they're very well versed on whatever their trade is at their respective credit union and, you know i interact with you know folks that do social media at their credit unions or they do marketing or they do loans and they they're just passionate about it and they, and and they at the end of the day it's all about a sense of community and giving back and whatever their role is I think they're trying their their best to contribute and do that and and also just, you know, improve their lives and live their lives and pursue the American dream. But no, it's it's really cool to interact with these folks and see. I remember I interacted with one uh, at a GAC not too long ago and a lot of them come from the Crashers program which I think is a lot of people really love and the fact that we're bringing in younger professionals to GAC and allowing them the opportunity to see what the credit union movement is all about and I try to usually speak to the group or interact with the crashers throughout some of their events. And no, just interacting with them. I remember one individual sticks out in my mind who he was a loan officer, uh, but in addition to being a loan officer at his credit union, he was also a bartender. And he said that he would, you know, often talk with members of his community and, you know, people would come to the bar and say how they had these business ideas or they were looking for a loan. He's like, you know, I work at a credit union. And he said he'd actually get a fair amount of business because, you know, these people come into a bar just to have a drink and uh, they ended up uh, getting a loan from the credit, that local credit union. So <laughs> it's kind of an untraditional way to, get, to do marketing, but heck, heck, it works. So, um, but no, and this particular individual was very adamant about it. And he said that, you know, a lot of you'd have people that would go to other banks and they'd be turned down. And, you know, it's just getting the word out there about the credit unions. And that's kind of goes about what the whole movement we're trying right now is open your eyes. Cause there's a lot of people that just don't know about the good deeds of what credit unions do. And, uh, and I think our YPs are really the future of our movement. And I think that by stressing and, and getting in, ingredients in now and, and re- reinforcing early on that advocacy should be, you know, some aspect of their job is crucial. If we get these cre- these YPs now and that they end up staying at their credit unions or, you know, being promoted and going to other credit unions, because the people I'm talking to right now in training, they're going to be the future CEOs. They're going to be the CEOs and board members and leaders of their communities. Obviously, ideally, we're hoping that most stay in the movement. But even if, a, you know, say someone doesn't stay with the credit union forever, you know, they had a good interaction with their credit union. They're always going to remember that and they're going to tell their friends about it. And the, the, hopefully they'll continue to, you know, ba- to do their banking with a, to a credit union. So I, it's, it's really a win-win-win situation to engage these YPs now. I don't really see any downfalls to it. What's next on the agenda for you and, and Kina Advocacy? I know you got to hike the hills coming up. Obviously, right now in August, we're just trying to get all the logistics in order for September and October are extremely busy months. I think we have about, I think it's about 20 states total that will be represented by all these hikes that are occurring in September. And then it usually bleeds into early October as well. And then you never know, there might be a leagues that have last minute ones in, in October or even November sometimes, although probably not November this year with it being an election year. But yeah, so for the foreseeable future, we're really looking forward to doing these YP advocacy trainings, two in September, and then hikes. And then from there, we'll pivot, obviously with the elections coming up, the map, map campaign, the next one will be a Get Out the Vote initiative. And the whole point of this campaign is really just to 
have credit unions reach out to their members and just remind them to be good Samaritans and go out and vote. So we'll have a template that just reminds them that, hey, there's going to be an election next month or in November. There's obviously many different national websites where folks can check their registration status and so forth. So we'll be directing folks to those sites to ver- to make sure that they know that they're where their polling location is when election day is. Uh, but we'll be getting that out to map credit unions in um, mid-September. So that will be the next initiative. And I know that a lot of credit unions are pretty excited about that because uh, it's not political at all. We're not obviously saying vote for a particular candidate. We're literally just reminding them to go out and vote. And then for the rest of the year, our, we will pivot them back to, I think that the final map campaign uh, for the year of 2018 will be uh, an educational campaign about tax status and our, our cooperative structure. I, I, we can't really, it's, again, that's something that we just like, we can't talk about that enough. And just telling credit union members and educating them that they made a good choice by joining a credit union and explaining what a clock, because a lot of times credit union members just do not know about the cooperative structure, that they're even a member, that you know they have a say in what their credit union does, that there's a board, that it's comprised of volunteers that run the credit union. So we, we, we can't talk about that enough, about the difference between us and the banks. And I think we'll probably conclude the year with another one of those campaigns just to educate our members about that. So that's kind of the next few months as far as the grassroots advocacy side and what I'll be, I'll be busy doing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the next big things. And, and I think I mentioned it very briefly earlier, but the Army of Volunteer Advocates is something that we're pushing right now, uh, where we're working with the leagues to get leagues to identify volunteers in each state that can really help engage and educate volunteers on becoming better advocates as well. So that's kind of another group that we're trying to educate. And then once the new year hits, I mean, well, well, obviously there's a big... There's a big election going on, so once the election occurs, well, uh, CUNA will be doing the appropriate analysis and seeing what happens. And obviously, depending on who you talk to, people have different opinions about what will occur, but who knows what will happen. But once it does, we will obviously make an evaluation and, and determine what is the most, what, what we have the best chance of succeeding in on getting our issues moving forward. And then from there, that will help us determine and dictate the map campaigns in the new year. But yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of what the next few months look like here in DC for the grassroots shop. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.